this is As Told by Sherelle, and this is your podcast for self-discovery and inspiration through storytelling. Each week, you will hear a new guest and hopefully walk away with something that helps enlighten your journey. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining me, and remember, stop chasing tiaras and be the crown. Tiaya Smart Young's story is all about dedication. This writer knows a thing or two about putting in work and reminds us that the best time to start on our goals is right now. Tiaya, what is your story? Can you tell me about your childhood and how life experiences helped shape um, you as a writer? Um, Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I've always been a bookworm. And so my mother really encouraged that. And reading and writing just seemed to be uh, natural for me in terms of gravitating toward those subjects in school. And I always... um, (laughs) was reading like the most books in fifth grade I always had like a um, you know how they test you and you score and it's like oh well she reads on this level I've always read on a really high level and I just think that really stems from my love of books and so in the fifth grade I told my mother that I wanted to be a writer and so she nurtured that even though we didn't have any clue of what writers really did, like how, you know, what kind of job are you going to get as a writer? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that people always ask you when you tell them you want to be a writer. What kind of job are you going to get? You right. know? And instead of her um, letting the fact that we didn't necessarily know any writers or know what kind of job I could get in the future as a writer, mm-hmm. she just nurtured that. And she made sure that I had the tools that I needed to, to, to be a writer. And so she would enroll me in classes and she made sure I could, you know, this was way before you could download electronic books and all that kind of stuff. I had to go to the library and actually get books. So that's really how my love of words started. And so being that you knew you were a writer at an early age, what were some of the struggles that you had? Um, I know for me, real quick, people, like you said, would always ask, well, what kind of job are you going to have with that? So I didn't pursue it as much as I think I would have if I had the encouragement um, and like the, you know, the pathway to just kind of continue to broaden my horizons in that particular industry. So what were your struggle points? Um, I think that was the main thing. People not necessarily seeing the vision, you know, and I didn't necessarily know exactly myself what I wanted to do. I knew that we had Essence and Ebony in the house and on the table. And those were magazines that um, I always read. So my first uh, goal was really to work for Essence magazine. That was my Mm -hmm. first goal. And I was blessed with an internship at Essence when I was a junior, yeah, junior going into my senior year, I believe of college. And it was Mm -hmm. an experience that I credit with making sure that I had, um, 
the tools outside of the outside of school. You know, you learn, I think you learn certain things in school and then in the real world in internships and in jobs, you learn a whole nother set of skills. And so having that internship at Essence really led me to having my first job at my first media job, I should say, when Mm -hmm. I was at Essence, because when I graduated, there weren't any openings. And so I went to work for the government instead. And I just was like, okay, well, in the meantime, you know, while I'm working for the government and able to pay back student loans and all that, I'm, I'm going to still write and I'm still going to plot and get my way into this industry. Cause you know, we're not all blessed to be able to graduate one with a job or two with a job in, in the industry where we want to be. So that I think the initial challenge was figuring out what it is that I wanted to do. And even in college, as a, I wasn't an English major. I was a, commun- a mass communications major. And so even in college, you get that question, like, you know, what what's a writer going to do? And I think people, um, they, they underestimate the power of the written word. They underestimate the power of being a good communicator. And they underestimate the power of telling a story. And, mm-hmm. and if we look at anything today from social media to commercials to our favorite tv shows you need writers you need communicators and you need some badass storytellers so you know i don't know what i don't know you know i i can't (laughs) i'm not hating on the people who who don't see the value in it but i just i want them to see it now because it 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 really um is a common thread in everything that we do you have marketers saying that they're storytellers so that's to let you know how how far writing can take you. I agree. I mean, I know there's a heavy focus on like those STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math, but at the core of all of that, you still need to understand how to read and write. And I think if we forget those those skills, um, it kind of leads us down like a very tricky road. Um, So I 100% agree with that. Like there's so much um, power in just knowing how to write. Um, it'll take you so far. But what do you feel like the biggest responsibility of a writer is and how do you manage that? I think the biggest responsibility is to tell the story accurately, to tell mm-hmm. the story colorfully and with description. And it depends on what you're doing. If if it's fiction, you want to draw that reader in and have them be in this world with you and, and and believe these characters and be able to world build. You know, we had to get into Harry Potter. That was something that we hadn't necessarily seen on that particular scale before. And we had to get into those characters and be part, a part of that world. And you saw what kind of influence that had. And if you're looking at nonfiction and someone is sharing their story and they're telling you how they went from um, you know, being abused as a child to now being a, a motivational speaker or um, that gentleman, tag his name is, is escaping me, but he was born without arms and legs. And I saw him for the first time he was on uh, one of Oprah's shows and he was, he dealt with, de- he, he suffered from depression and he was bullied when he was in school. And now he's a motivational speaker and to be able to communicate those stories with authenticity and make people really care that's a powerful powerful thing true very true so where does your confidence in being able to do that come from as a writer 
Um, you know what? I'm not always confident. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, I, I think that is something that as a creative and as a writer, you, you deal with all the time. I think when you're in a STEM field, you know, you have equations and you have formulas and you have to know the formulas and there isn't much coloring outside of, to me, of, of the lines with that. But when you're a creative and you're telling stories, you may not always feel that your story is going to be understood or you may fear that your um that that uh the people won't get it that you, you may yeah. fear that you're not the best person to even tell the story who am i to tell the story right if, especially True. if you're getting a first time opportunity to do something and so no i don't always feel confident i feel i think sometimes um for me, the confident the confidence comes from after practicing. <laughs> you know, I've done it for a while, so um, mm -hmm. that that definitely helps. If this is something that I've done before, that helps. Um, entertain. I've inter interviewed a lot of celebrities, so it's that that doesn't feel um, nerve wracking for me. That doesn't shake my confidence. But mm -hmm. if it's let's say if it's a five hundred word profile versus a cover story, then yeah, your level of confidence is can be shaken because you're like, okay, well, how do I tell this story in three thousand words, and how do I um, get everything that I want to get in? And sometimes you don't. Things are left mm -hmm. on the cutting room floor. Your editor may disagree about certain things. Your pages could be count cut if it's a cover story for a magazine it could go from you know eight pages to six or six to four and it's you just really have to be able to um be comfortable that you know what even in these four pages I I killed it I, I did what I came to do I came I saw I conquered you know that kind yes. of thing. <laughs> absolutely so where does your joy come from like in that process of writing and knowing that sometimes your confidence might be lacking how do you still make sure that like your joy and um, all the things that you are excited about in your writing, how do you make sure that that shows through in everything that you do? How it, it's, I think it's weird because I've been blessed to work on projects and work for media companies that I am mm -hmm. 22 years old and to have my first media job be working for Essence Magazine um, in the nineties, I think it was, well, it was, it was 95. Right. And that, mm -hmm. that was a huge, a huge thing for me. And so I think sometimes being able to be in the in right places and spaces and learn things that really helps me to, to be joyful in my work, being able to do new things helps me to be joyful. Like right now I'm working with a nonprofit on, they're um, relaunching their website and their copy. And I've done copywriting before outside of just journalism or, or writing for, um, you know, digital publications uh, or websites, but I haven't done it for a nonprofit in a long time. And so mm -hmm. that's being able to work with that nonprofit. It brings me joy. So there's just different ways um, that I find joy. Now, deadlines can be stressful and deadlines, you know, make you feel like, okay, I got to get this done by the 12th. And do I have enough time to get it done by the 12th? Am I going to be able to sleep? Am I going to be able to, there's different things that can suck that joy. But for me, <laughs> the joy really comes from knowing that I'm doing some, some dope things and working for dope media companies that I, I, I love and respect. 
So what are some um, um, like perspectives or themes that you haven't tapped into? Because, you know, I'm always about trying to you know, expand my experiences. So I have something to write about that's u- new and fresh and exciting, um, even if it's just for me, not even the people who I reach. But like what are some perspectives or experiences or um, things that you look forward to writing about um, in the near future? Uh, well, because I cover entertainment and some relationship stuff, which is always fun for me. Uh, the thing that I immediately look forward to doing is working on a novel, a young adult novel. I've worked on two in the past that weren't sold. And mm-hmm. so, of course, that's, you know, speaking of joy killers, that sucks when yeah. you don't get your project sold. Um, but it can't stop my hustle it can't stop what I what I want to do and my personal fulfillment and so that's really what I would like to turn my attention to is working on um I've started it I've had set a goal of doing 500 words a day and then I was like dag I'm really breezing through these 500 words a day I need to set it to a thousand and so I've been doing that and that's where my Mm -hmm. attention has been um but I, you know, I think that even this go round, if it's not picked up by a traditional publisher, I've learned how to self-publish books. So I may have to go ahead and self-publish another book because my first book is self-published um, and it's it's nonfiction. What's the name of that book? That's called Famous, How to mm-hmm. Be the Star of Your Show, A Teen Girl's Guide to Embracing Her Fabulous Self, because I believe that, you know, we're all fabulous. We just, yes, we, we we just forget sometimes. And yep. It came, that book came from, uh, I had been invited to different schools and was speaking as a graduation speaker, keynote speaker, and I would get asked the same questions sometimes from young ladies in the audience. And so I took um, a lot of those questions and turned them into chapters into this book. And it really is more about People, when they hear the title famous, they think, oh, it's about being famous. She's going to tell me how to get on TV or she's going to tell me how to be famous in another way. But really, famous is it's about it's remixing the concept of fame. It's about you knowing yourself. Right. right? Instead of knowing everything that's going on with Beyonce and everything that's going on with LeBron, and everything that's going on with Cardi B and SZA. Like, how well do you know yourself? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's. Sometimes that's really hard for us as adult women, and it's super hard for us as young women. So that's really where where famous came from. Okay, so I have a a little saying that I kind of just made up, and I want you to kind of talk to me more about how you feel, how you interpret it. Okay, okay, it's a little long, so just bear with me. Just because someone says you are good at something doesn't mean it's true. Just because someone says you aren't good at something doesn't mean it's true. Life experiences and circumstances mean we are all allowed to use our lens to project judgment on things in a different way. Becoming unfazed by what others say and learning how to accept the labels that you create for yourself and by yourself is revolutionary. So how do you interpret that? I mean, because you made me think about that as you were talking about your book and the little girls that you encountered and just feeling kind of lost in like their sense of self. So can you like interpret that a little bit more? Like what, what comes to mind when you hear something like that? What comes to mind is when I think about, you know, how as a kid, it's like when your mom or your dad tells you, Oh, you're such a great swimmer Mm -hmm. or you're such a great, um, uh, 
you're such a great student and you think to yourself oh my mom or dad has to tell me that because they're my mom and dad and you don't necessarily believe it until someone else tells you until your coach tells you or your teacher tells you or your best friend tells you Mm -hmm. um and so that's really the first thing that came to mind for me and I think that you until you believe it yourself it really becomes hard to make that connection between what you do well and thinking that, oh, the person who's sitting right next to me, they do the same thing and they do it well. It's really about, and I hate to say it because it's, it's, it's become so cliche, but as people say, it's really about, you know, how you do it. But it is, it is true. It's like there are so many writers in the world and there are so many athletes in the world and there are so many scientists in the world. But the gift that someone has when they bring their their special magic, their secret sauce, whatever you want to call it, that <laughs> it power, right, to the yeah, equation, yeah. it's is really, that's the thing that makes them stand out. You know, what yeah. what makes a, a superstar writer stand out? What makes a book go to the New York Times bestsellers list? It's something that people resonate with. And so I think once you believe it and you move in the world and you um personify that I think that makes a whole a whole different it's a whole different ball game because now you're getting other people to go along for the ride because it's like you you know how it is when someone tells you oh I'm great you're like mm-hmm. okay well why you know why is this person great and you start to look at their social media you start to analyze or whatever and you're like okay well maybe they are great and I want to check them out and I want to you know I want to <laughs> I want to roll with them I want to follow with them follow what exactly. they're doing exactly that's what I think of Okay, so taking all that, have you ever met someone in an interview or written a character who embodies that idea of just being individual, owning it, and um, who is it? Or, you know, who is that character? Who's that person who just really embodies that idea that I am me, I define myself, and yes, the compliments are great, but you know, the criticism, I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm just going to do me and I'm going to continue to label myself the way I want to be labeled. Um, I think, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people and I've, um, not just celebrities, but um, because I cover relationships, I've interviewed a lot of couples. I've interviewed a lot of therapists, counselors. But mm-hmm. I think the most immediate person who comes to mind in terms of I guess embodying what you're talking about in terms of being themselves is because I interviewed um, Mary J. Blige for the cover of Essence last year. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. was my second time interviewing Mary. And it was my first time was over the phone. And my second time was um, what you call it. It was I had to fly to Miami. And so she was actually it was an off day for her. And mm-hmm. it <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what I was walking into right because imagine somebody is telling you that on your off day you have to spend an hour doing this and she was so gracious and so kind and so thoughtful and so giving and her answers I really appreciated that and then just looking at the career that she's had in this business and being a singer, being a songwriter, ha- going through a very public divorce, those kinds mm-hmm. of things 
you know, it, 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 they're not going to always get the best person, but I think that she has been able to, to, um, to move beyond the, to, to ride the wave, to ride the roller coaster of how she's been perceived in the media and how she projects herself in the media. And look, she had, uh, she was in a, in, in Mudbound and nobody probably expected that kind of performance from Mary. That was an awesome performance. She was really stripped down and she learned so much. She said about herself when she mm-hmm. took off the makeup and took off the hair and took off the nails. She was like, it really was a struggle. She was like, I was coming right off of the bad boy tour when it was all hair, makeup, and nails. Right. So um, just looking at the blessings that she's received and looking at how she's moved as a woman in this career. She's a, she's a person I, that I admire her, obviously, for being an artist, but also for being a, a woman in this industry. Right, right. So when you feel like you lack the inspiration to move forward, right? Like when you have those down moments, what fills you back up or what keeps you going so that you can persevere? Uh, I think I'm kind of competitive. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> sometimes I could just be scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, oh, someone so is doing what? All right, let me snap out of this funk I'm in and let Got me it. get let me get going. You know, when mm-hmm. you and it's not in a way that um uh being envious or jealous, it's like that person is having a moment, it's well deserved, they're doing their thing. Let me get on my thing. You know, if I'm not feeling like I'm it's particularly inspired that day, or I'm not feeling like I'm winning that day. It's it's mm-hmm. time for me to get on my thing. And there's the thing about I think being a creative is that there's always something for pitch. There's always something new to do. There's always a new project for you to think about. And the scariest thing and the most beautiful thing can be a blank slate sometimes. Right. Well, okay, I struggle with like attention span on one project. Like I go from wanting to write a blog post to wanting to create a child's book because I've been inspired by something that just happened. Like you got any advice for that? Because I think sometimes I get stuck in trying to do too much that I don't actually make advancements. Yeah, um, I think we all go through that. I find myself sometimes I just like I feel like I'm jumping from thing to thing. I think one when you're working for on a project for someone else and you have a deadline, I think that really helps to keep me focused. But when I'm doing things for myself, like how you mentioned. Um, doing a blog post but then at the same time it's like oh I want to do this um I really do excuse me set aside time to do that particular thing so it's like I don't try to overload my to-do list or goals for the day because I think that's when you get really overwhelmed with okay well you're not going to write a children's book in a day Right. Are you? Unless you go in and lock it in your room and you're like, you know what? <laughs> Today is my writing day and I'm not yeah. leaving here until I come out with a rough draft of a children's book. And that's totally doable. But at right. the same time, you can't be scrolling on the gram and posting and on Snapchat and going to brunch with your girls and having dinner. Like, all that's going to interfere. So 
there just has to be moments and pockets of time where you're like, you know what, today, and I think like banking things is really um, crucial. So if you want to write a blog post, sometimes it's not just about writing one blog post, it might be about writing three. And so Mm -hmm. instead of making your blog post a thousand words long, maybe each blog post is 500 words and maybe Mm -hmm. you're throwing a gif in there and maybe you throw in um, some photos in there and maybe it's an inspirational quote. Maybe it's not as long as you initially intended but you know what you got your three blog posts and now you can queue them up and now you can say you know what these are my next three blog posts scheduled for the week or the next two weeks or whatever it is and move on to your next project I think that we we have to get it done like we can't just continuously say okay I want to write a blog post I'm gonna do it next week I think you have to really say Monday I'm going to sit down from this hour to this hour and bang out these blog posts and I have to do it in this amount of time so then I can move on to the next thing. So that for the next two weeks, if you're devoting writing to your writing your um your children's book, then mm-hmm. this is the time that you're doing it. Like I did um a five day challenge mm-hmm. uh with uh people on in my Facebook group and people on my email list. And the whole point was each day we're gonna do one thing that moves us closer to having an outline for your nonfiction book. So by the fifth day, you have this rough outline for your nonfiction book. And it starts very easily with just figuring out, okay, what's the story you want to tell? What's the genre? And each day builds on the next day. And so I find that when you focus in that way and you really zoom your attention in on a specific task and a specific time that you need to get it done, you put that pressure on yourself. Another thing um, that is, is accountability. Like if you tell somebody, oh, I want to publish a children's book by September 2018, people are going to say, oh, how's your children's book coming along? And you're going to feel all kinds of crazy if you don't have <laughs> anything down on paper because you're like, well, how am I going to go live September 5th uh, with this children's book if I haven't? If I haven't put a word down, if I haven't hired an editor, if I haven't gotten an illustrator, like you have to really put things in motion and create um, a production plan. And I think that me coming from and having a, a partially a production background where it's focused on the, okay, here's the deadline. Here's the date that everything has to be out of the door. There's a lot of moving pieces before mm-hmm. everything can out of be, be out of the door. So I think that sometimes for me, it may be easier because I have that mindset because I've had to work with teams and figure out, okay, marketing needs this piece by this time. Art needs to have this in. Um, the copy needs to be here. Okay, a photo shoot needs to happen. And when you have all those moving pieces, you don't have time to really procrastinate. You know, you can, you can build a day in or build some days in just in case things happen because things always do happen. You know, someone gets sick, someone cancels, it can't be done, the money's not there, whatever it is. But I think that the the goal is to set these micro goals for yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can hit them. Because it's it's really, it's it's not enough to just say, I want to publish a children's book. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want to publish a children's book by this date. And this is what I would like to have accomplished, right? Because are you self-publishing it? Are you are you tradition publishing it traditionally? Because there are different factors that are involved with that. 
oh my goodness and I'm learning so much just just in the publishing process I was like oh wow there's a lot more into it than I thought and which is fine but you're absolutely right understanding that process and figuring out how to break it down in an incremental way is definitely going to allow me to see that success because right now it is just an idea on paper but like it's going to sit there until I actually start making some steps to to get to the finish line you know so I hear you 100% right I need that. I need that motivation. Maybe I should tell more people so then I can get on it. Yeah, because then, you know, <laughs> that was like the biggest thing for me. I bumped into a friend who was like, well, you've been talking about this book for a while. And that really shut me up. I was like, you know what? I have been talking about this book for a while and it's not going to make me feel better until it's actually done. And yeah. that was it was like an embarrassing moment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can get embarrassed. It's like, well, where is it already? I hear you talking. And then, like, um, one of my husband's friends, he he bumped into somebody. He was like, she wrote a book, and she's not even a writer. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, you just look, yes. you look crazy in these streets if you're not doing <laughs> what you say you want to do. Now, if you change your mind, that's a whole, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with changing your mind. But, like, let's not talk about, oh, this is what I want to do. And you're talking about, you're talking about it for 20 years. Because there's, at this point, you have so much technology. If you want to start a podcast, you can start a podcast. If you want to yeah. write a book, you can write a book. If you want to write a TV show, have a web series, you can absolutely do that. The, the barriers to entry aren't the same as they were before. That is so true. That is so true. I mean, even with this app, like I was like, I want to do a podcast because people keep telling me I have good questions and I can't capture all that when I write. So then I was like, well, let me find let me find a you know way to start a podcast. And then literally that same day I was scrolling through Instagram and Anchor app showed up and I was like, well, there it is. Let's go. So, right. You know, right. and I found out about Anchor through um, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he was saying the same thing, you know, his whole thing is his movement is really about doing it. And if you have something that you want to do, pursue it. And I think in the past, when people have said that, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, even 20 years ago, maybe when people had said that, you kind of felt like, yeah, but how do I do it? But with so much technology available, and so many different opportunities available to people to do things you don't necessarily feel like I can't do it anymore you know anchor anchor is just one thing that's like okay well I don't if if you don't know how to edit or if you don't have mics or whatever like this here's the thing that's going to help you get get up and running quickly exactly I mean it's not it's not 100% perfect but I will say it does give you entry into a whole field of you know technology that I don't think I would have ever 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 been able to use if it didn't exist right like podcasts would have just been something I talked about for years and years and years um but like being able to just like I said access this app and just have these conversations and share these wonderful conversations with lots of people that's cool and I know I couldn't have done it without it so I'm so grateful um that technology exists you know I'm glad there's scientists out there continuing to create stuff like this for people like me um who just you know, we just need to start. Sometimes it's literally you just need to, you need a way in. Yeah. You know, and it's, we can get, we can get hung up and caught up on perfection. And then yes. it's not, <clears throat> who's to say that the first time we do something is supposed to be great. Like Serena was born Serena, but she became <laughs> a champion. True. She True. became a champion from the practice and the dedication. And that's really, I think, 
when someone falls in love with what they do, that's what you end up seeing. So it doesn't matter if it starts on Anchor. It doesn't mean it's going to always be on Anchor. It doesn't always, it's going to finish that way. But we have to True. start. Like we have, we, but we get so caught up in perfection. It has to look right and it has to be right. But it's like, you, you got to start with those messy first drafts and those uh, first attempts that aren't so great. I'm sure there are plenty of authors who look at their first book like, ooh, I've grown since then. You know, if they're on, <laughs> if they're on book 12, they're like, I am so much better than yes. I was that first time. True, true, true. So on a lighter note, um, as I bring the conversation, um, I guess, to a close, what is your favorite possibly overused phrase or word? Oh, um, right now, <laughs> I think it probably has to be relationship goals. Okay. okay. Because, <laughs> and that's not like it's hashtag relationship goals, right? So I'm cheating right. a little bit. But I think that we see a couple on vacation and she's got the great body and he's got the great body and they're on the beach and it seems like life is beautiful and it's like goals. But you have no damn clue what they're really going through behind closed doors. So I think it's it's cute to be like, yeah, in that moment, it's goals because they're on the beach and they're on vacation or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. like, you really don't know. You have no idea what's going on. You don't, you have no idea how their relationship really is, how they're communicating. If she can have a baby, if he can, if he can make babies, you know, it's like, it's just so much. We just, we just get caught up really quickly in superficial bullshit. And it's like, yeah. so for me, sometimes it's like, what's the relationship goals? I'm like, yeah somebody who's been in a relationship for a long time there are peaks and valleys people please know that (laughs) yep yep and yeah once you you hit a certain age you realize like oh it's not the fairy tale and you have to work through some things in order to get to a place where you can even post and people think it's relationship goals so yeah it ain't even what you call it it ain't there is I feel like there are no fairy tales like that that's some shit that we read when we were kids and yeah it somehow it became manufactured for us to believe and yeah. that there's no there's no prince charming so yeah cut it out there's <laughs> no prince charming and most of us aren't princesses exactly so yeah, you're right. exactly and <laughs> we aren't waiting to be rescued so well where can people find you tell us more about um what you're doing i know you're helping people to write uh, books so can you tell us a little bit more of that before um we close out this conversation sure so on social media uh, mm-hmm. I am on at, in Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, and even Snap, but I'm not on Snap like that. Um, it's mm-hmm. at Tia Smart Young, and that's at T A I I A Smart Young. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I do is I am a writer, I'm an editor, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I also help aspiring writers who want to write a nonfiction book. Right now, I'm working with folks who just have a, a great story to tell. And a lot of sto- the stories are just empowerment stories. It could be stories um, for someone who's, you know, launching a business and they've been, they've been in the game for a minute and they want other women and men to know the pitfalls that they should avoid. Or uh, there's a young woman who is working on an empowerment book. So what I do is people who don't necessarily know how to craft a story and put it together, I help them figure out the the main pieces and what I uh, propose is they write a short book 
because you can mm-hmm. get intimidated by books like you it's not it doesn't have to be 500 500 pages right so my mm-hmm. thing is write a short book write a book that is 150 pages and it's like oh can I make impact with that you absolutely can Seth Godin be out here killing it with books that's 150 pages so if it's good enough True. for Seth Godin it's good enough for you too yeah. you know and that's the thing that I try to teach and that we get to the point of let's get these 10 chapters or maybe 12 chapters all the way together and be effective you don't always have to be so super verbose in, mm-hmm. in writing these long books there's a, um, a book that I just um, purchased the other day called sponsored how to get brands to pay, to pay for your next event by Brandis Daniel who is one half of the great girlfriend so they have the great girlfriends conference and they have the great girlfriends podcast and so I did a Facebook live in my group sharing with uh, the the folks and letting them know hey look this book is 96 pages and it's a workbook and it's quite thorough and it answers the questions that if you're super new to sponsorship and you want to get into having um, Nike sponsor a dinner for your athletic group this is how you do it or maybe not even Nike because that's a huge brand maybe there's a smaller brand you want to attract or there's a local brand you want to attract so that's a, it's that's really it's really about writing something that's short and powerful and it's impactful yeah we all need that <laughs> we all need I mean because we all have so many different things going on our we're constantly having things compete for our attention. So sometimes, like you said, that long book isn't isn't really as impactful as that short one where you just get right into it, give people information they want, and then send them on their way. Like, that is really going to sell. Yeah, and there's so, so many I mean, things competing for our attention. There's yeah, so many yeah. things competing for our attention. So I feel like, listen, <laughs> people have time for 150 pages or 120 yeah. pages or whatever it is. Yep, yep. that's all right. So thank you so much for joining in on my podcast. I really appreciate appreciate talking to you. It's been super fun. We definitely come to do a follow-up sometime because um, this was fun and I just want to continue the conversation. Um, but I'm going to stop it right here and we'll make space for another time someday. All right. Absolutely. Can I just say one more thing? Sure. Sure. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, Just for your audience, if there are writers out there and they're interested in just getting their feet wet a little bit. I have a free five-day email course that's on my website um, at www.taiiasmartyoung.com. And it's a great entry point for people who may who have an idea for a book, but they're not really sure what they want to do. And each day they get a short assignment or a short question and they answer it, and then I email them back. So it's like one-on-one coaching via email. And so that's a way that I can start relationships with writers who may not be ready to take the, the next step, but then maybe they are ready to take the next step and write a nonfiction book. So I just wanted to be able to share that with your listeners. Thank you so much. And I'm sure they're going to check it out because I'll be right there. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Thank you, Tia. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to As Told by Sherelle. For more weekly stories, please subscribe to my podcast.